What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This podcast is brought to you proudly by Ease, E-A-Z-E, Ease.com, promo code HAM, and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. The key is promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase, over $50 free delivery. He's in, John. He's He is... He has signed. I did not think this was going to get done. It got done yesterday. Debo Samuel also signed. Congratulations to the Niners. They knew what they were dealing with. It turns out they were prepared to deal with it in a way that the Chargers were not prepared to deal with it with his brother, Joey Bosa. And so it's a positive reflection of the 49ers, uh, even though being more impressive than the Chargers is not a high bar organizationally. Um, I, I really do commend the Niners. They clearly, in retrospect, knew what they were getting into, were prepared to handle it. Parag, John Lynch, they handled it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably less of a reflection. The Niners are like, yeah, we just did normal business and more of a reflection on Dean Spanos's operation and something a lot of people on Twitter have hit me up. I, I kind of went off on it on the 3 and Out podcast. Like, thank you for just being a fan of the Chargers over the Dean Spanos era. Listen, it's one thing like when Al Davis – and would get in a position where they didn't have the funds. Like, no one ever like, you know what, Al Davis is cheap. No, he'd, he'd pay for anyone. If anything, he was just throwing around too much money. But he would get in positions where he just didn't have the cash on hand. Dean has the cash and always refused to pay the players. And always wanted that extra penny in his own savings account. And one thing that I heard yesterday, Guy, why the Bosa thing was so easy for the Niners... Yeah was because, and we've talked about this before, contracts in the nine, in, in, with the NFL are kind of crazy. <laughs> but it's very antiquated, their system, because back in like the 70s, the union was very apprehensive about like signing these deals because they're like, well, how can I guarantee, you have to guarantee me cash. And so the, the NFL met them in the middle and said, okay, we'll put money into escrow. Like you never hear that about the other two leagues. You do hear it in baseball sometimes. The Max Scherzer also, deal, remember, had some weird... But really, that's more of like, we're just taking care of you so you get cash when you're like 40 years old. Or like, if, if you know, so it's just... It wasn't built like an NFL contract. Right. NFL contracts, the moment you sign it, 
the every penny you've guaranteed that player, whatever you don't give them immediately, like into their bank account, you give to the NFL. So you cut the check. So Dean Spanos, when he signed Joey Bosa, that number is predetermined. He was just unwilling to give it to Joey. And the Niners, from what I heard, basically took the approach, why do we give a shit whether we give it to Rogers' escrow account or whoever runs the league's escrow account or Joey? It, we're cutting Nick. the check, Nick, no matter what. Think how crazy that is when you really take a step back on Dean. It's really he had crazy, to cut John. the check no matter what. So he didn't want to set precedent for something that really didn't matter if you set that precedent. Didn't matter at all because you are you Other are than I don't rid- think the player deserves. I don't want to give him all this money; it'll go to his head. I don't know what the argument would be, but well, that one, that's an old stiff guy argument, one hundred percent. It's his money. Are, it's his money either way. But it's like, whether he goes broke or not, that ain't your problem. You're giving him the money; he's your player, and it makes him happy. Because one thing the night, one thing I'm the not going to lose. But it's not—it's not even winning or losing. No, I know, but I'm just cutting the check, man, Dean. Well, he is a yeah. I mean, I—I'm shocked though because I—I did runner at second base and extra innings. That's stupid. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that is. So, so you're, (laughs) so you're shocked. You're, you're. I I just thought there was going to be a holdout. I I thought the Bosa's. It's a reflection of the way Parag does these contracts and the the. I, I think the relationship that they have with agents. When, when's the last time the Niners really had a contract problem? It just doesn't really happen with them. I mean, does you count Robbie Gold? But they fixed it. Oh, okay, yeah, but it was a problem until they fixed it. Well, I mean, it was a problem just because it wasn't a money problem. It was that he just. It was one of the most unique NFL problems I've ever seen. The guy just literally didn't. He wanted to live in Chicago. And the Niners like, we're giving you more money than you've ever had in your life. So when you say problem, you mean like, uh, what, like Le'Veon? I, 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 mean a, I mean a financial issue where the guy thought, like, they were low-balling him. Like, they, they, they don't typically get in contract disputes. Even when they sucked in the late 2000s, remember when I mean, Jim Collins showed contract up, was a little weird for a minute there. But it was not when they signed it. No, not at the end. I, don't, I guess I'm confused by what, how you're defining a problem. I don't think that I, I actually think they were they got that done way early. Like I don't remember Collins' contract being an issue until we we made fun of it because the agents got taken advantage of. But they're always like on the forefront of like their deals get signed. That's all I know. Always get signed early. Basically, they they when's the last time you know you had like a last year player in his contract like like that happens with most teams. They just don't have financial issues. Is yeah, I mean. They, hell, they, Collins, they had the opposite. Collins' contract had, we ripped and made fun of because the contract was so crazy. How little? Yeah, but I thought there was some was. discussion about like when it was going to get done beforehand. But again, if you that's you're right, that's not a problem. I just wasn't sure how you're defining problem. I mean, if anything, they had the opposite, right? Where Alex Smith, maybe Alex Smith's rookie deal took a little time, but it's not like he held out in the end from any he didn't miss any games. Maybe Alex Alex was was not under contract and and was Alex Alex was not under contract and was leading team activities. The in, Harbaugh last year, yeah, I know it's crazy. And we when I was with the Eagles, we were going to try to offer him a bunch of money, but Harbaugh recruited him and made him stay. Andy ended up getting him. But I, one thing I knew, I was not confident with Nick Bosa. There was zero chance on God's green earth that whenever training camp started, that Debo Samuel is not going to be there. Because there's, 
in the history of the NFL, there's never been a second round holdout. So that's Debo Samuel is going to be there. Now, clearly, I think CAA knew they were just waiting for Nick to sign because they knew it was going to happen. But makes a little more sense. If Nick hadn't gotten done today, Debo would have been done today. Do you agree with that? Like you just you can't hold out. As yeah, I pick. would. That's I. I think that makes that, that would have been mean, he was the only be guy that had signed That'd be unprecedented. Round. Yeah. So, time to roll. You know, I mean, it's pressure's on the big guy. Yeah, you're right. To, I mean, there were either going to be two pressures or one. Get signed and then play or play. And so it's play. Yeah, I mean, I can't he live up to the number two overall pick? Because the last time the 49ers drafted a lot, defensive lineman this high, it. Yeah, I was, I was like, well, Buckner. But Solomon came after Buckner. Yeah. You, you got to. You needed to force Buckner. You can't have a Solomon Thomas here. Now, maybe Solomon turns his career around. You, you read about. The stuff that happened in his life, it's, it really is kind of, you know, rips your heart apart. I, I can't even imagine we both all have siblings. Most people listening, I mean, most people on this planet probably have siblings. It's just, it's hard to, it's tough. So I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on last year a little bit that shit, his life was nuts. But I think from the jump, where I'm hard on Solomon, is not the person, not the character, none of that stuff. I don't think he has the physical attributes. Buckner did. I, that's one of the things I questioned with Bosa. Like, see Dustin Fox tweeting this morning. The best part about this training camp starting guy is no more the fluff NFL topics that are kind of like NBA topics. Like, I, I don't care what Odell is wearing and some. Just, I just tell me about the get-offs and the plays and the give me Odell clips of him making plays. Miles Garrett, I guess, looks incredible. Of course, he does. I mean, he's a freak. Is he had freak attributes? Even Clowney had freak attributes. Khalil had freak attributes. Von Miller had freak attributes. I don't know if Bosa has them, but you can't... The pressure on both those two guys. A little less on Solomon, because I think most people acknowledge he's not that good. So he almost gets to fly under the radar. But that's not the case with Bosa. Like he, To me, he can't have a three-sack season. It just, just That can't happen. He's got to be... He's got to be a menace. Last year, Bradley Chubb had 12 sacks... I don't need 12, but you got to have seven or eight, and you go, God, this Nick Bosa guy is going to be a 10-year good player. I don't even need to say, like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But you better be when the season ends. This guy looks like a really good NFL defensive end. Because that's what we knew about Joey Bosa about four games into his career. Like, holy shit, they got something. (laughs) Yeah, I think the interesting part for me is when you talk about a guy's athleticism, physical traits, all that, if he doesn't possess the physical traits that you think immediately make him a freak, then to me there's more pressure on the people that drafted him. Like a guy that has all of the tools, there's almost a little more pressure on the individual. Like we know it's in you if you have the ability, if you work hard enough, if you have the smart. Like that one's on you. Like you are in the rare category of the gifts. If a guy doesn't have the gifts, then it's more about like, okay, the people that drafted him, you're saying you're seeing – what we don't all see. So let's say, and I should say, I mean, obviously people like Nick Bosa, but let's see. You think it's going to translate and it's worth getting him at number two to make it translate. Let's see. I think there's just as much pressure on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan as there is on Espe- Nick. When you as say opposed to if Nick was Miles Garrett, good. right? Like if he was Miles Garrett, be like, yeah, <clears throat> that. I mean, he's got everything. <clears throat> let's see if he can put it together. Well, what, what about the pressure of – what if Bosa's not that great and Quinn Williams rookie of the year with nine sacks and just looks like Warren Sapp? Right. 
You know, and that's well, they need an edge rusher. Yeah, they just need a defense. They need pass rush. So I, 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 no one gave a shit really where it came from, especially once you trade for D Ford. I'll say this though, like the, the the comment I consistently heard from people that like, you know, I don't love his traits. They were like, he has an innate ability. It's just a he was born with it, and this is what they say about both Bosa brothers: just to rush the passer. It's like okay. He might not be the big, biggest physical freak. It's like, you know what? Greg Maddox didn't throw like Randy Johnson, but he could just fucking dominate. And that's what pro Bosa people would say would just be like, throw on the tape, he gets to the quarterback. So I'm like, okay, I, I'll live with that. Yeah. If that's, if, if you're just great, you're, you're expecting him to be Greg Maddox. I'm not, I don't mean he's going to be Greg Maddox, but my point is that's the way he's described. You know, he doesn't, he's not the best looking guy. He doesn't, he's not going to perform the fastest in the drills. But when the pads are on and they're playing a game, he will find a way around the offensive tackle. I'm, okay, I'll even take a step back. I, I'm rooting for this guy. Like, the one thing I'll do, if I don't like a guy out of college, and I was like this a little less in the NFL because you would take shit for it inside your building. But now that when you're in the media, it's so easy to be a to be a draft analyst because if you miss, you're like, whatever, on to the next one. Right. <laughs> uh, in the NFL, like, John Lynch will take a lot of shit if he misses. So it's like, yeah, the, the I love draft analysts. Like, I'm always open with what I missed on. Yeah, no one even cares. But I'm plus really on the Twitter, you get so much credit for admitting you were wrong. It's like, look at the what? A, like, you're almost better off being wrong and admitting it than being right about something that everyone else is right. Look about. at the humility in Middlecoff saying he missed on McCaffrey. I gotta say, I did not see Giannis coming. I have to admit it. I whiffed on that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, you and Danny. I mean, well, it's just so missing on him is a it, hey, Danny. That I mean, that's cost your franchise a big time. So but again, it's not like the guy went three. Yeah, it's a, it's a big mess. But the guy didn't go number three in the draft, right? But, but my thing, but but I'll just yeah. in the media, yeah. like even if I don't like you, like I hope Lamar, ja- especially when the guy's a good kid, like I want Lamar Jackson or Teddy Bridgewater to succeed. Like I said, I would not draft Christian McCaffrey in the top ten. I realized quickly the game changed fast. I was wrong. I'm rooting for Christian McCaffrey to be a Hall of Famer. I want even Solomon Thomas. I never would have touched him that high. That I hope he's good. But even Nick Bosa, like I hope he's a really good player. I'm just I'm hesitant. Like you just saw Buckner and you watched Buckner. I knew it was going to be impossible for Buckner to fail. And I, I've the more reading I've done on Chris Ballard, I think Chris Ballard's mindset with the draft, especially the first round, he is not Mister Swinging for the fucking fence guy. He really is trying at the, his draft philosophy limits his ability. At worst, he has like he's got to run out a double. Now maybe he gets a triple, but he is not trying to hit home runs. But you know what he's going to be? He's going to hit forty-five doubles every year and bat two ninety. And he's, he and, might be. And, and a by the way, that doesn't mean you never hit home runs, right? Well, exact. Do you know what he looked at like when he when he drafted Quentin Nelson again? Where I said, you know what, <laughs> I'd rather go with Roquan. He's like, well, 100% Quentin Nelson ain't going to fail. Now, is he going to be the next Larry Allen? More than likely not, but there's a chance. But at worst case scenario, I get a 10-year starter at guard. And he did that at six. And I was like, God, I don't like it. Now, it makes sense to me. And just his draft philosophy. And he's a guy now, for example, that drafts a lot in the 20s. Like, their team's going to be good for years. That philosophy, uh, to me, you know, when they say like, you know, manners always travel. Wherever you go, treating people well. Like, that philosophy in the draft always travels the better you are. When you just, I'm just trying to hit doubles. I'm not overthinking it. You're going to hit more in the 20s. It's a little more complicated in the top 10 because there is pressure on you to try to hit home runs. 
But you won't ever take that much shit if you just like, you know, every guy Chris Ballard's ever drafted in the first round are still on the team. Like people, you'll get applauded for that. And I think the Niners, I you know, now Quinn and Williams, you you could argue. I mean, it, you it's just a fact was a one year wonder. There's still questions marks on him, so it's not like he was just some can't miss four year starter like a Khalil Mack or even like a Clowney. Like who'd been an elite player from day one that he got there, he literally had one year starting and he dominated. So there is there's a question mark on him too. You you could argue there's way more information on Nick because Nick once Joey left got to Ohio State started from day one, but he had to wait in training camp because he had a torn ACL. But as a true freshman, he started playing once the ACL healed, and then he dominated until he got hurt again. Uh, so I most people that I trust in the NFL. I mean, the only people I talk to are people I trust, I guess. Like you always say, like, yeah, of course. Those Why are, are you talking to people, people you don't trust? That think he's going to be at worst. Like, they argue he's going to, his floor is higher than the way I look at it. Yeah. But I think we're, the difference is there is pressure on this team. This is not year one of this administration. There is pressure on this team, and there's pressure on this guy. Like, to me, Solomon Thomas is pressure because everyone kind of just waved the white flag on him is now all on Nick's plate. Do you agree with that? Uh, not, not, I guess not all of it, but like 80% of it. Just because I think most people just think Solomon's just not great. Yeah. Not ever going to be yeah. very good. And I, but this is where I, I, you know, I say with Solomon, if all these other guys around him hit, he doesn't have to be great. He just, if he's just good in the end, right? In the end, if he's solid enough that he's, you want him on your team and he's playing a bunch of snaps, that can be okay. But, this is where I will agree with what you just said. That's predicated in part on Nick Bosa being really good. Like the more picks that miss for John Lynch, the more he'll get crap for Solomon Thomas. Well, part of the reason that they were in this position this year was that when Solomon Thomas is a quote unquote bust, is just not a very good player. They have to double down, right? If Solomon Thomas had been Khalil Mack, let's just say like he had been that level do they trade for D Ford and draft Nick Bosa? Probably not, right? They right. allocate their right. resources right. in, in yep. other, el- in other areas. That's what really hurts. Maybe they go, if we're a receiver away, maybe they do this. If they're a receiver away, we got Solomon Thomas equals Khalil Mack. And let's say we trade it for D Ford. Maybe they go, you know what? Fuck it. Here's the number two pick for Odell Beckham straight up. That's the deal, right? Maybe that happens. Yeah. I'm not saying it does for sure, but if you have Khalil Mack, if you went, God, you know what the Niners have? They have Khalil Mack 2.0. They got DeForest Buckner and they got D Ford. What are they missing, guy? They're missing a receiver. Who would? It, who else are they going to draft? You could draft another defensive lineman. No one would. But would you rather have Quinn and Williams for the next five years or Odell Beckham Jr. under contract too? Don't you think they would have been more likely to maybe think about it? Because clearly they would. That was never an option for them, is what we found right. out, right? They just the two was off the table. I think the two would have been on the table if Solomon Thomas had been a not even just he would have to have been a home run because if you would have had Khalil Mack, DeForest Buckner, and again he's the opposite of Khalil Mack, so they they had to kind of chase their losses, right? And I, John Lynch talked about this in the offseason with Quan Alexander. Part of missing on a high pick like Reuben Foster is a double whammy. You trade up, so your pick 31 then becomes nothing because that guy's not on your team anymore. And then you have to chase it. You got to go get Quan Alexander. So you got to pay him money. So it's a double whammy. 
Like, if, if Nikhil Harry misses for the Patriots in a couple years, they'll have wasted a first-round pick on him, and then they'll have to go find a receiver. At the so expense that's, that's of plugging where, another hole. Right. While spending money. Yeah. Or using draft capital to get that guy. But when you have, like, that's where the Browns were like, you know, we think we're kind of one piece away here. Take our first-round pick. Hell, take our Jabril Peppers. They didn't even hesitate. But when it's the number two overall pick, I get it. But, man, you see some of those clips on Odell? He looks pretty sweet. Oh, my God. We'll get to that. I, yes. Um, and, you know, part all the stuff we're talking about with Nick and the draft kind of feeds into the article that Tyler Dunn wrote um, for Bleach Report. Because uh, really quick, the, uh, just uh, before we dive into Bleach Report, I think the Raiders are a good example. They got rid of Khalil Mack. And I think in the back of their mind last draft, they kind of knew, like, Khalil Mack's at the money he wants is not going to be on this team long term. Whether we trade him right now or trade him a little later, he's not going to be on this team. They've drafted Arden Key in the second or PJ Hall in the second round, Arden Key in the third round, and this year Cleveland Farrell at four overall. So they've chased Khalil Mack with about three players so far, and they still, you would say, would it one team in the league take those three guys or Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack. Now there's more to it. If people no golf, that context, that's not exactly the way. I get it. I, my point is though, when you get rid of a guy, you you have to fill that. Like when I trade, like the Warriors lost Kevin Durant, they have to fill that fucking hole of those thirty points somehow. And most times, gonna with a guy of that caliber, it's gonna be multiple players. Well, then if you're multiple players. If you miss on the multiple players, it's a double whammy. You lost your sweet player, you added the two players, and then they both suck too. So that's the the puzzle pieces here on the on the Solomon Thomas, the ramifications of it all are big. And I actually tweeted this morning because I noticed Dustin Fox tweeting about Miles Garrett. Don't ever forget that win that Chip Kelly had. I Googled it, December twenty fourth against the LA Rams. They might have been the St. Louis Rams still at that time. Maybe they were the LA Rams. Cost them Miles Garrett, guy. Cost them Miles Garrett. Because yeah, that was a no-brainer first pick that year. And then as a Cleveland Browns fan said, thank God, because he has been the key to our building blocks. I'm like, yes, he has. That was the first, like, okay, we got something. We'll, this is We're starting from scratch with this guy. Then we'll figure it out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.